Ramble. One guaranteed way to make me cry is just remind me of the lifespan of dogs compared to most humans. Listen, my dogs, Mango, I know, Rotten Mango, and Tiger have been with me since before I started YouTube, before this podcast, and I truly don't know where I would be without them. But like, all I can do right now is spend time with them, take care of them so that they live the happiest and healthiest life that I can give them. Farmer's Dog is such a huge part of that. Farmer's Dog makes it easy to keep your dogs healthy, which can give you more quality years with them. So Farmer's Dog, they make and deliver fresh, healthy dog food, and it's recommended by vets. My vet literally recommended me Farmer's Dog. It's nutritionally balanced and made from human-grade ingredients in safe, clean kitchens. Tiffany has been bringing Cola, her French bulldog, over, and she keeps some of his food at her house. She said that she's been having such a hard time trying to get him to eat, so I offered her some of Mango's food to give to him. She was amazed. She said that she's never seen Cola so pumped for food. Farmer's Dog is the best option for dogs at all life stages because it's it's not kibble, it's not canned goop, it's real food. With traditional dry or even wet food options, they're extremely processed. I mean, I can hardly understand the ingredients that go into it, and it's really hard to portion. It's difficult to understand if my dogs are getting the nutrients that they need. Farmer's Dog comes pre-portioned, and it's based on my dog's unique nutritional needs. So Mango and Tiger, they eat different meals, and it's so cool. Farmer's Dog is like human-grade food made in safe kitchens. My dogs have been on Farmer's Dog for years now, ever since Mango was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, and I just noticed so many changes. They've got a healthier coat, healthier skin, their breath is better, and right now, you can get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash mango. Let the Farmer's Dog know that we sent you. So use our code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash mango. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to this week's mini-sode. Let me just tell you, what if you went to the movies? It's date night. You haven't been out in so long. This is not an ad, okay? You're like, let's go watch our favorite movie. You get your tickets, you and your partner. You walk into the theater, you sit your little booty down, and you start watching it. Now, regardless of, you know, what kind of hairstyle you like, in this one, you have a very long ponytail. Sorry, that's it. You don't get choices in this one, okay? You've got this very long ponytail, and it it's kind of tucked away in your seat, but also a little bit behind your seat mm-hmm. and you start feeling a tug oh that's so annoying but you don't want to look back because how awkward is that at a movie theater so you're like okay let me just maybe it's stuck on the seat or something so you try yanking it a little bit but your hair is hurting it's stuck so then you're thinking okay well the guy behind me maybe his knees are on the back of my seat they're resting on my hair so if i, I just need to give it a good little yank and then he's gonna realize I should get my knee off this lady's hair. So you start Mm -hmm. yanking a little bit, a little bit harder. And you're starting to get stressed. You're sweating. You're not even watching the movie at this point. And your partner notices. They're like, well, come on. What's wrong? Why aren't you watching the movie? And you're like, my hair is stuck. So they turn around. And you turn around with them. And you see the man behind you is actually not kneeing on the back of your seat. He's got his hands under a jacket. And the jacket's on his lap. And it's it's a going up and down that's all making an up-down motion. He's masturbating in the movie theater. But why is he stealing or yanking your hair? Yeah, well, we're about to find out. So he's masturbating in the movie theater. <laughs> so you're like, okay, this is disgusting. You guys switch seats. You make a whole deal out of it. You huff and you puff and you move to a different seat. You finish the movie. And on your way home, yes, was it disturbing? Yes, was it traumatic? But it's a, you know what? Let's think of it like it's a good story. Can you believe it? Who does that? What's wrong with this guy? Yuck, what if there were kids around? What's wrong with this motherfucker? Then the next morning you shower and you realize not only did this man masturbate behind you, but the man in the theater had taken off a chunk of your hair. He had snipped it. He cut your hair. (laughs) Why would he do something like that? This guy is known as the hair fetish serial killer. I've never heard of that. There are hair fetish. Italy. What does Italy have to do with this? Oh, maybe because you've never heard of it. No, oh, no I'm not implying okay, okay. that Italians have like a hair <laughs> fetish. <right laughs> I'm like, okay. No, no, I'm saying maybe you haven't heard of it because it's uh, the guy's from Italy. So there are people who's into hair. Oh, yeah. Jazz hair. Yeah, it's like it's like a foot fetish. We're not judging. They're just into hair. They like a uh, hair a specific way. Maybe they like it long. Maybe like they, they like the smoothness of hair, the so, softness of hair. So there are people who want to cut off your hair. I guess some people. Uh, I feel like uh, most people that are into hair maybe want to look you know, at it. Yeah, exactly. It. Do I just admire it or do I want to own it? Whoa. Dude. 
Hello, calm down. This is、oh. not the hub. <laughs> so as always, full source notes are available at rottenmangopodcast.com. But there's a really good book on this because it's really hard to find a lot of information about this guy.、Mm-hmm. I mean, there is like a documentary, but the book is amazing. It's called Blood on the Altar by Tobias Jones, and he was really close with the family of the victims. I mean, really, really close. Their kids knew each other. He was accepted into their circle. He had a good heart. He wanted to share this story. He also traveled all over Italy. So the book reads really well because if you've never been to Italy, like I have, I've never been. Sometimes it's kind of hard to picture everything. You're like, okay, well, how am I supposed to? What am I imagining? But he helps you imagine every single shot because he's so descriptive, such a talented author, and it's heartbreaking. But it's very, very gripping. So let's get into the crime. It all starts with Elisa Claps. Now she was born and raised in a part of Italy called Potenza, which is a bit of a remote, isolated city. The people there are quite close. They love when tourists come to their hilly town. They've got lots of mountains. If you ask, if you go over there, you ask for a local for directions. They're gonna drag your booty into a local restaurant, pay for your meal. And then give you a free ride there. Like that's the type of town that this is. They love church. Everyone congregated. There's a lot of Catholics in this area, so they all go to the Catholic church. And the Clap family. I mean, they were genuinely just a well-loved family in the community. They came from humble backgrounds. Okay, they own like a like a tobacco shop. Not necessarily the rich of the Italy. So the dad, his name is Antonio, and he was a comedian. No, not really. But like his whole life, he just liked to make people laugh. Ran this modest tobacco shop, and his entire goal in life was to get you to smile. Okay, it's not even to get you to buy tobacco. It's like you just got to smile. And then there was Philomena, the mom, and she was known as a mama in Italy. I don't know if I—that's obviously not how you say it. But she was she's stereotypical in the sense of like she's religious, knows how to cook the classic Italian dishes. She's strict on her kids, raises them well, but at the same time. She's like an ultimate softy, like she's like the type of mom that you want to meet. She's gonna ask you so many questions about your family, and she's actually gonna listen. It's not her just being like, "Oh, where are you from?" Like、mm-hmm. she genuinely wants to know. So they have their first son, Judo, and he's a swimming champion. Law school needs to pass two more exams to graduate. Very just accomplished people, right? Then we've got Luciano, the middle kid, who's about to enlist in the military so that he can become a police officer afterwards. Then we have young Elisa, the youngest and only daughter. So she's she's protected and adored not just by her parents but her older brothers. They're so protective of her. I mean, they're gonna make sure that she's not talking to no creepy guys. They're on top of her. They got it on lockdown. Now she's 16 years old when this happens. Even though she was 16, she had this really innocent way about her. Just really good to everyone. Her dream was to become a doctor in Africa. Her friends were once so annoyed with her, so they go to the lake. Right? Let's have fun. It's our off day. We're not in school. We don't have to think about exams. We're gonna just get in our bikinis, jump around in the lake, and Elisa sees this butterfly, and the wing of the butterfly is broken. So she spends the whole day trying to help fix this, nurturing this butterfly's wing. Until it's able to fly again, and she won't go home until this butterfly can fly. And they're like, "What? What is wrong with you?" And they're just teasing her the whole time. Oh, okay, Mother Teresa. What happens if we go to the fair and you see another butterfly? Anytime they make plans, they're like, "Oh, what are you gonna do if the butterfly's there?" They're just making fun of her. She's always trying to help people. Never saw the bad in people. Really, only the good. September twelfth rolls around, and the Clap family decide that they're going to have lunch in their countryside home. This sounds really bougie, but they're really not for money. They didn't even have a working phone inside that house. Okay, it was it was like a shed, but they love it. It's a fixer upper. It's their dream. It's their place to just bring the family and have these nice natural lunches. So the parents and the middle son they want to prep the place. They want to go get the food ready, get cooking. So they leave at eight in the morning. Then the oldest and the youngest they're going to come meet them for lunch. Elisa wakes up around ten, showers, and tells her brother, "Listen, I'm gonna go to church because it's Sunday with my friend Eliana, and then we're gonna go to the countryside with you. We're gonna go all, all three of us.、Mm-hmm. So Elisa, her brother, and her best friend Eliana, they're gonna go eat lunch. Okay, that's fine, right? Go. They could actually walk to the local massive Catholic church, so that's what the two did. Now they're passing people on their mopeds. I mean, cafes with people sipping coffee, like truly just a walkable place. It's called the Piazza." My God, I wanna, I wanna go to Italy. <laughs> it's like a center where people congregate. It's where all the restaurants are, and they're just walking through. They get to the local church. It sounds picturesque. So Judo's waiting at home when he gets a knock on the door. He goes to the intercom. Yes, 
Uh, it's Eliana. Is Elisa here with you? Hmm. No. What do you mean? You were just with her. Mm-hmm. What's wrong? Oh, uh, don't worry. Nothing's wrong. We just lost each other coming back from church. I thought she came back here to like wait for me for lunch then. Well, she's not here. So now at this point, Judah's really agitated. He's like, what the heck? First of all, he's getting hungry. Second of all, they're going to be late for lunch. Third of all, how do you lose someone while they're walking home from church? I mean, he thinks that this is like the dumbest thing, like the most ridiculous. What's wrong with you guys? So he waits about another 30 minutes. I'm sure Elisa's going to come back home. It's not like it's this massive city where she's going to get lost, but she doesn't make it back. Okay, this is getting weird now. So Elisa, she is responsible. She's always on time, if not early. She would mm-hmm. never keep the whole family waiting. So he starts going out searching the streets. Each block that he searches, he starts getting more and more anxious, a bit more worried, just something strange. She wouldn't do that. She wouldn't even mess with their plans like that. Like she is literally puts everyone before her. How would she do that? Two hours pass. He full on freaks out. And he, he just goes up to Eliana and he starts screaming. Are you sure that's what happened? Where did you lose her on the walk back? I mean, it's not even that big. It's not even that long of a walk. How did you lose my sister? And she's acting really strange. Her answers are really strange. Their friends start coming over. Elisa's friends, Judo's friends to help look for Elisa. And he's like, tell me the truth. Where is she? And he's just yelling at Eliana. Okay, okay. We never went to mass together. She was going to go meet Danilo Restivo. He kept telling her that he had this present for her because she had passed her recent exams and she was going to meet with him then. And then she was going to meet me at the piazza later. So you didn't go to church with her. I mean, I, I went to the church, but she was meeting Danilo and then I left. And then I went to our meeting spot, but then she never came. So then I came here. I thought that maybe she didn't want to meet me at the meeting spot or maybe she, she couldn't find me. So he starts panicking. Judo starts panicking because he knows Danilo. I mean, it's just not someone that you would feel safe with your baby sister being with. He was a creep. He was well known in the town. He comes from money. His dad is a very powerful Sicilian businessman. Just weird dude. Major insecurities. He just wants to be accepted by everyone. He had this small, weak, almost childlike feminine voice. And all of his mannerisms were just a little bit off-putting. At one point, he had actually tried to hit on Elisa in front of Judah once, and he just straight up told her, Elisa, like, you should not be hanging out with this guy. He's a creep. I'm telling you now. I'm going to go up to him, and I'm going to tell him to back the fork off. Don't be talking to my baby sister. And she's like, no, 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 please don't do that. Please. He's just a loner. I feel sorry for him. He really doesn't mean any harm. I get it. He's awkward, but what can you do? Don't be mean. So now the older brother's head is spinning. He calls Danilo up and he's like, where is she? Uh, Alyssa? Well, we met in front of the church and uh, we sat behind the altar. We chatted about life, you know. We were there for about 30 minutes. She got up to leave and I stayed so that I could pray. He says, you know what, Judo? Now that you ask, she did seem really stressed today when I met her at church. She kept mentioning that some guy was harassing her this morning. She didn't say who, but I don't know seems weird to me and then in the background he hears give it to me and there's a little tussling and then someone picks up the phone and it's a deep voice we're having lunch my son already told you everything that he knows and he slams the phone shut it was danilo's powerful dad also i think i'm butchering all these names so meanwhile, Alyssa's parents, they didn't have a phone in the country house. So they're waiting over there. Hours pass. And at first, they're sitting there with their cold, stale lunch thinking, well, maybe they lost their car keys. It's so bizarre. They would never be late. Or maybe there's a small traffic accident, a road stop, and then they couldn't take it anymore. They're like, we got to go. Abandon the food. Let's get into the car and just check. They drive all the way back to their regular house. And the whole car ride, they all try to pretend it's nothing. But there is this really thick sense of just tension and worry throughout the car. And it's just uncomfortable. When they get home, they know immediately something's wrong. Because Judah looks at them and says, she's missing. And they start freaking out. He tries to catch them back to speed. And Luciano, the middle brother, immediately is like, well, I'm going to Danilo's house to investigate. Like, no one's going to stop me. I'm going. So he gets into the car and leaves. Now, at this point in the Danilo house, they were supposed to be having a family lunch at Sunday. But it's rough. The whole family was essentially late, starting with Danilo. He was late. Then when he got home, his older sister, Danilo's sister, realized, hey, what's wrong with your hand? It's bleeding. (laughs) 
let me take you to the hospital. So they go to the hospital. He gets it stitched up and bandaged. Then they come home, finally sit down with the whole family to have lunch. Then the phone won't stop reading. First, it's Judo. Then it's Alyssa's friends. Then there's a knock on the door. And at this point, the dad knows what's going on, okay? He knows something's going on with his son, Danilo. So he, he stands up in the middle of lunch. Danilo, in my office, now. And they're in there for a couple of hours, and we have no idea what they talked about. But once Danilo comes out, he's a completely different person. He was stuttering on the phone. He was a little bit nervous on the phone. But suddenly, he's, he's calm, confident even. So Luciano comes over, and Danilo repeats the same story. But when he says, Danilo, what's the thing on your hand? Why is your hand hurt? Well, I went to a building site, they're building escalators, and I cut my hand on it. I tripped. Then he gets just, Luciano gets pushed out, so then he leaves. The next day, they come back. The brothers would come back for more answers, but they were told that Danilo went to Naples to study for his dentistry exams. What? So they rush to the police. They report Elisa missing, and the police could not care less. They're like, okay, cool, cool. Sign, sign here, at the bottom here. All right, now get out of here. You know the type of place where the police station was so empty that when they walked in, the police officer looked like, ah, oh, like so annoyed. I have to do my job now. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. that was the vibe that they were giving. And it was just so stressful. So when they get home, they're surprised to see Danilo's sister standing at the front of their house waiting for them. And she just looks at them with her finger in their faces and says, my brother hasn't done anything. People are saying weird things about my brother now, but he hasn't done anything. Okay, all of this is so strange. So they go back to the police, begging them to investigate, okay? Police, just talk to Danilo one time. He's weird, I'm telling you. But the police, they just interrogate the family. Well, maybe your daughter, who's 16, ran off with some man. Maybe she's sick of school and she ran off. Maybe you guys are too strict at parenting. Maybe she hates y'all. Maybe you killed her and now you're acting like, oh my god, she disappeared. They're like, what? No, you're wasting time. Go ask Danilo. He was the last one to see her, and he has a bandage on his hand. And guess what? We talked to people, said that he had dark stains on his pants. What do you think those dark stains are? And the police straight up told them, yeah, yeah. Well, we decide who we get to question, okay? That's our job, not yours. Now, there was nothing to go off of in this investigation, nor did the police care. The book states this, which I think is super emotional. Nothing is worse than terrible news because nothing accompanies you everywhere. Day after day, month after month, year after year, you keep going, but nothing is ever the same. That's what the family's left with. So they put up posters everywhere. A friend comes forward and says, you know what? I saw her with this guy named Aries Gega. He's an Albanian. It's kind of important to the story, I guess. <laughs> That's why I'm throwing it in there, okay? And they said, yeah, 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 this guy, he was interested in her, and she just turned him down. He's a little bit older than us, I think, like, 20 years old. I saw them together. 20 years Oh, he's 20. Okay. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, well, where did you see him, and why do you think that he's weird? Because we think Danilo's weird. Why do you think this guy's weird? And she said, well, because I talked to him. I said, Aries, weren't you at the piazza yesterday? Did you see anything that could have been suspicious? Do you know where Elisa could have been? Mm-hmm. And he said, why would I know that? Do you know where Alyssa could have been? Like, did you see anything strange? I mean, you know what she looks like. And she's, he's like, why would I know that? Because you were in the piazza yesterday. I saw you near her. You were in the piazza. Well, you must have seen mom. And she's like, what? I'm not, I'm not going crazy. Like, I saw you in the piazza yesterday. I know exactly what you were wearing. Why are you acting like you weren't in the piazza yesterday? Why are you lying to my face? Mm-hmm. So she tells the whole family this. They rush to the police with this information. And the police say, well, that's suspicious. Not Aries, but you guys, the family. I saw what you guys have been doing, putting up those posters, going on local television networks. Why are you doing all that, huh? Why are you diverting so much attention away from you? Because we haven't cleared you guys yet. She's a little weird to me. Maybe you know where she is. Maybe you have something to do with it. Yeah. So this family, I mean, truly, the police could have asked anyone who actually knew this family and they would have they would have laughed. They would have been like, this is ridiculous and absurd. The fact that you think that they would have done something to her. They love her. This is the family's angel. Like they really they're tight knit, close knit family. 
Okay, it's a little bit of an unusual sponsor for this episode, but we're talking about the Jordan Harbinger Show. This is a podcast that my fiance and I are both obsessed with, which is really hard to find. I mean, both of us can sit there and there are so many episodes. Listen, I know that everyone's like, you gotta listen to this one. But truly, if you're listening to me, then you should be listening to the Jordan Harbinger Show too. So Jordan's show, which Apple named one of the best of 2018, is aimed at making you better informed, a better critical thinker. So you just get a sense of how the world actually works. You come to your own conclusions about what's happening and even inside your brain. This is sounding like a lot. You're like, wow, that sounds like a lot. But is it fun? I'm telling you, it's so good. So they have this episode that I'm obsessed with, with Mark Edward, the guest, True Confessions of a Fake Psychic. It's episode 413. I mean, this guy was in the psychic industry making so much money. Then he came out and said it was all fake. It was all a scam and I'm here to expose everything. And there's just so many different weird psychological things happen when he tries to tell a believer, hey, I was lying. They don't believe it. I mean, it's just it's it's just so much food for thought. There's another one with Bill Nye, episode 366. I, I love me some Bill Nye. Okay, that one's so good. But get this one. Episode 539 and 540 with guest star Daryl Davis. It's titled A Black Man's Odyssey into the KKK. And it's as crazy as it sounds. It's crazy. So Jordan really talks to everyone from neuroscientists to counterfeiters to astronauts, authors, thinkers, performers, like people that just have so much unique perspectives. I love it. I mean, there's episodes where he talks to hostage negotiators from the FBI who work on techniques on how to get people to like you, trust you. And then in another episode, he's talking to an art forger who is on the run from the feds and the mafia. So like this guy's just talking to everyone and every single episode just has you on the edge of your seat and it's not repetitive. It's just fascinating. So if that's not worth checking out, I'm not sure what is. We really enjoy this show and we think that you will as well. There's a lot to like. So check out jordanharbinger.com slash start for some episode recommendations or search the Jordan Harbinger show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Meanwhile, because it's a small town, everyone starts knowing about her disappearance. The rumors start getting out of control and Danilo's dad is not having it. He's thinking this is staining our reputation in this town. So he attorneys up, gets an attorney, gets Danilo and says, we're going to bring you in to be questioned by the police. We're not going to wait around. You're just going to go up in there. I'm going to be with you. So is the attorney. And you're just going to tell them exactly what happened. So he shows up. Well, we met at church to talk about life. She was talking about how a man was harassing her in the morning. And I was talking about how um, I, I love this girl named Paula. And uh, I'm worried that if I confess, it's going to ruin our friendship. You know, so I asked Elisa, do you think Paula likes me? Do you think that I should ask her out? Like, what should I know about Paula? But regardless, she said, well, she's got to meet with Eliana. And she left. I stayed in the church to pray. After I was done praying, I thought maybe I should just walk around. I went to a local construction site. Uh, I was watching the elevator be done. They finished, I went on it, and I fell all the way down. That's how you hurt your hand? Yeah, I fell all the way down the escalator. You fell all the way down in the escalator, and the only injury that you have is a little scrape on your hand. Did you scrape your glasses? Were you wearing those glasses yesterday? Yeah, I was. Well, let's look at them, because they're in pristine condition. Yeah, well, I broke the fall with my hand. That's why it's uh, bandaged up. Okay, so the police look at Danilo's dad. They're like, your son's an idiot. Can we come to your house and uh, get the clothes that he was wearing yesterday? We, we heard a witness say that they saw Danilo walking out of the church with some dark stains on his pants. We just got to check it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. Come on over. Bring the whole squad. So they skr skr drive on over to the Danilo house. And when they get there, the mom's like, oh, what a coincidence. I actually just washed them and they're out on the balcony drying. Okay, ma'am, but we still want them. And that's when everyone's faces kind of turned a little bit weird. And the dad flipped a switch and said, well, yeah, I mean, I assume you have a search warrant, right? I understood that you consented oh to hand them God. over, so there was no need to get one. Well, there is now. And it was just so strange. I mean, why even offer for them to come to your house, pick up the clothes? So what do you think it is? Truly, they're just expect the police say, ah, yeah, you washed it. Oh, Never yeah. Mind. Yeah, probably. Hmm. Now, here's what's That's crazy. That's really ballsy. He's so confident in his... I guess he planned this out, right? I mean, he's so confident in his, I think, just his privilege because guess yeah. what? And they he, the never fa- get a search warrant. They never get the clothes. Why? I don't know. 
he's the just police really never powerful. get the clothes. Yeah. Hmm. And the <sighs> fact that he brought the son to the police department. Exactly. Crazy. Listen, I'm telling you, this is why the justice system is so bizarre. Because rich people just play on a different level. I'm like, what is this? I would never willingly walk into a police station. <laughs> so there's really not much on Danilo's childhood. But we know that his dad is a powerful Sicilian businessman known as one of the most powerful men in the small town of Potenza. Yeah, that powerful. And Danilo is very unlike the rest of his siblings. He's always kind of had a bit of problems. He's like the black sheep of the family. It's reported that at like camps when he was young, he would wake up just screaming in the middle of the night then he'd go back to sleep and then scream again he would take multiple showers a day very long ones it's kind of insinuated that he is a hypochondriac he just thinks that like something's wrong with him all the time that he's really sick very big on just being a clean freak he had been arrested before he had gotten two kids he's like come here they walk over they're like 12 okay he's like well let me blindfold you i've got a surprise for you you know I'm rich, right? Yeah, well, that sounds like a good surprise. So they let him blindfold them. They tie their hands behind their backs and he takes them to a secluded area. Then he puts on these surgical gloves, gets a knife, and just cuts one of the kids on the neck with it. Just like slices the neck. Not killing him. No, just like one little tiny slice. It's not even like slitting the throat. Just mm -hmm. like a slice with a bread knife. A bread knife. Then he drags them into a shed and locks them in there. So then they escape. One of them has to get stitches. Originally, they pressed charges. But guess what? They settled out of court with a financial sum. We don't know how much. He always tried to talk to girls and he would tell them the weirdest things. Okay, like let's say he's trying to date a girl. What's like the worst thing you should do? That's exactly what he would do. He'd say, I'm so good at sleeping with bitches. <laughs> like, <laughs> he would just be like, I have this charm. That woman just can't deny. Can you deny it? I bet not. <laughs> yeah, he, that's exactly what he would do. That he's a manly man despite his feminine nature. No, if I'm angry, this is what he's telling to women he's trying to date. If I'm angry, I can do anything to anyone. I can be really evil if I want to. The girls are like, you're a serial killer. You're a psychopath. Like, I'm not going to, we're not going to date. He would tell them that he has the keys to the kingdom. Literally, the church. He has the keys to all the Catholic churches in the area because his dad is that powerful. And he said that he knew all the secrets of what goes on, not just in the church and of the higher ups of the church, but all of the rich people in town. And he could expose all of them. Okay. Yeah, this guy's expose like, them okay, <laughs> make a YouTube channel, expose them, tweet something, bro. What's going on? Psychologically speaking, experts said that this guy is just uh, in this weird disguise. He feels like he's inadequate, inferior, anxious. He just wants acceptance from people. So he has this big ego, but at the same time, he's so insecure. He probably got it from his dad, who was obsessed with historical torture books, like just gruesome historical artifacts and books, right? Which is fine. Everyone's got some strange interests, but when they later searched the house, he just had a ton of sex toys, like really intense sex toys. There's a lot of odd stories. So the teenagers, they would come over to play spin the bottle. Who's the teenager? Like their kids. The Danilo family kids, you know? Oh, his own kids? Yeah. Okay. So these teenagers are coming, hanging out with probably not Danilo, but like more like his sister, mm -hmm. playing spin the bottle. And guess who would play in these games? The dad? And the mom. The powerful dad? Yeah, would just be like kissing teenagers. What? Yeah. Like, I don't know how this guy hasn't been canceled yet. So this kind of proves to show, why is the police so incompetent in this town? Is it small town police departments? Like, do they not know how to handle investigations? Well, maybe they're not. Maybe they're hard at work for themselves. This is a small enough town where the same handful of people are in charge of everything. They've mm -hmm. got their greedy tentacles everywhere. So in these back rooms, smoking cigars, they could easily swap flavors. The easiest thing that they would do is, hey, I want an investigation to go this way. Thank you. That's it. Now, do they plant evidence? Maybe not. But they just don't investigate certain avenues. And what can you do about it? As someone that's just a normal middle class family like the Claps. Yeah. What do they do? Because how do you how do you justify the fact that they didn't get a search warrant for Danilo's clothes? Why didn't they even search the church? That was the last place she was seen. Was there blood on the church? Was there anything in the church? They did not even get a search warrant. 
There's an old Italian saying that says, "You don't touch the church." Mm, okay, so, so they they use that as the reason, right? Yeah, I mean, the church wasn't searched. The police asked the priest in charge, Don Mimi, if they could search his church, and he said no. So they just didn't get a warrant. They just moved on. Now, the strange thing about this priest is that all the other churches in the local area and honestly across Italy, at that point, they had allowed for everyone to put this box for anonymous tips. You know, because sometimes church people are in the mindset of like, well, you know, I don't know if I should be involved. So put the anonymous tip in and you can help solve this case. Mm -hmm. So all these other churches, I mean, they were embracing it. Yes, whatever we can do. We will even talk about it on Sundays. We'll let people know we have this box. But the church that she was last seen in, they absolutely refused. This is the church that the family went to. This is the family church. So the mom, she goes up to him. And sarcastically says, "Well, thank you for all your help. Really, just so helpful." And he says, "I don't know Danilo, and I didn't know your daughter." And something about this just bothered the crap out of people. Why did he only use past tense for her? And this is like days since she's gone missing. It's not like years have passed. Wait, what did he say? I don't know Danilo, and I didn't know your daughter. Oh my gosh! Only days have passed. It's not like she's presumed dead, right? That's true. Yeah, would you say that? I feel like I'd say, "Oh, I don't really know them." Yeah, I don't know him, and I don't know her. So I don't really know what's going on. I didn't know her. Yeah, that is odd. Like I understand if it's been months. Maybe years. It's、mm-hmm. like okay. Well, I think everyone. Maybe they're under the mindset of like, oh, well, statistically, they're probably not going to be found. Yeah. But this is like days. Now, Don Mimi also has a lot of scandals in his work. They wouldn't necessarily be scandals if he wasn't a priest. But it's speculated through town that he has a mattress in the attic that he has sex with men in. Yeah. And because of that, all the powerful businessmen in the area they know this, and they somewhat uh can. Do whatever they want with Don Mimi. They say do this, he does it. They reward him. If they don't do it, bad things could happen. It's like a little puppet, an employee, not for God, but for the rich people. Okay, yes, very shitty priest. But another in the area, priest Don Marcello, was like the, what you would expect in a priest. Okay, he worked with the family for over a decade to help them get answers. He felt their pain. He prayed for them. He was there for them. They were really, really close. Just trying to point out, there were a lot of good priests too. Now back to Danello. He was also speculated of having、uh, stalked three teenage girls that lived across the street. He would anonymously call them and say, "Hey, I know what you're wearing. You were wearing that yellow dress today, and those blue sneakers." And then he would hang up. Then he would leave boxes on their doorstep of just extremely sadistic pornographic images, just like really intense images. There was a letter that once said, "Boom." How long have you got to live? Sometimes he would call and just play the soundtrack to horror movies. Sometimes he would call and play his favorite, "For Elise" by Beethoven. For Elise, I don't know. Just the name is weird. Okay, the book points out it's a little bit weird.、Mm-hmm. For Elise, for Elisa,、mm-hmm. strange. But his real strangeness was with his hair fetish, woman's hair in particular. There was a twenty-year-old dance teacher sitting on the bus. She's coming home from work. She's got her hair in a ponytail, and she feels this huge tug. And she's like, "Ow!" It feels like her hair is getting caught in the metal bars between the seats. It hurts. She yanks it out, turns around, and she's trying to see. Oh my God! Is where am I getting caught? And she sees Danilo. She's like, "Oh, sorry." And he's like, "Oh, sorry." Then he gets off. She gets off the bus and realizes there's like a chunk of her hair missing. Another woman studying for exams get on the bus has really long black hair. She wore it down, and it felt like someone on the bus was just pulling small strands of her hair—not the whole thing, but small sections of her hair. So it'd be like on the left side of her scalp, then the right side. And she turns around finally after a couple of tugs. She's expecting a kid, expecting a little kid, and be like, "Hey, kid, you don't do that, right?"、Mm-hmm. But she sees Danello. What the heck? I mean. I feel like hair is so sensitive. You even pull one little hair, yeah. People notice. So what the hell is he doing? So she's like, "What the heck?" And she smelled something. She's like, "What does that smell?" And she had this like sticky residue in her hair. It's not. It. I don't think it's sperm. She said it smelled like a、uh, smelled like oil, some sort of oil. She just got off that bus like that's that's so bizarre. There were chunks of her hair missing too. There was a man who was on the bus and he saw it happen once. 
There's this girl with just super long hair sitting down, and a man behind her had his jacket in his lap, and swiftly he just cuts a chunk of her hair off, puts it back under that jacket, and does the up and down motion. And it's clear that this dude is masturbating on the bus with the hair. Yeah. So a lot of women would later come forward in a lot of different countries about hair cutting stories. Yeah, because he's gonna be a little international bitch. When they later asked Danilo, "Why are you doing this?" he said, "Well, it all started on a dare. My friends had dared me to cut off a girl's hair on the bus, and I did it." And they were like, "Wow, you're so cool, dude. You're so bad." And then they did it again. They dared me, and I did it again and again. And then I never stopped, even when they weren't there. He wanted to smell the hair, but he was born with like an impaired sense of smell, so he couldn't smell the hair. So he's just getting frustrated because he wants to smell woman's hair, but he doesn't know how to smell it because he can't smell. So regardless of all of this, I mean, Danilo's family—it seemed like they were aware of all this hair cutting. They were obviously aware of like the kidnapping of the two kids and like slicing one of them on the neck. But、mm-hmm. they just kept saying, "No, our Danilo—he's innocent. He's pure." We are so frustrated by the Clap family for throwing dirt on our name. He has not done anything wrong. So at this point, it starts gaining traction in the press. The police don't care, but the press do. So all these rumors start cutting forward. Witnesses started coming forward. I saw her leaving the church by herself, not with Danilo. She was headed this way. Oh well, I saw her, and she was walking in this direction. I saw her at this time, at this point, close to her house. But none of them fit together. Like she would have to be walking in two thousand different directions, going at like a lightning speed. You know, it just. It was strange. The police felt like some of them were making honest mistakes, like people just trying to help, probably mistook her for someone else. But some of them seemed like they were deliberately trying to confuse the investigation. No, she was alone. She wasn't with Danilo. Danilo's innocent. He was at the church. I saw her. I saw her alone. I saw some comments on my YouTube channel that was like, "Oh, wow, she's wearing an anklet now, right?" And I, I completely forgot that I had an anklet on. Um, I freaking am obsessed with this because usually I hate anklets for the reason that they're just such a hassle to put on, take off. But this one, I've been sleeping in, I've been showering in. It feels so good. I barely notice that it's there, but I get so many compliments on it. Even my fiance is like, "I really like that anklet," and I got it from. Pura Vida, bis. <laughs> so, if you guys don't know, Pura Vida is an apparel brand that's all about comfort, fun, and living life to the fullest. I have really never heard someone's branding like that, and then really saw the website and been like. Wow. Okay. No, it actually is. Like it feels like summertime. I feel like I should be laying out in the sun wearing this. They've got so many cool things. They have their wonderful string bracelets that are unisex, fully adjustable, and wax coated, so it's a hundred percent waterproof. They're known for their beautiful braided bracelets that are handmade by artisans. Did you know that this company was actually started by two Californian surfers who went to Costa Rica, fell in love with the art and the laid-back lifestyle, so they started partnering with Costa Rican artisans to create beautiful. Braided bracelets—they sell millions a year, and a portion of what they make goes back to causes that you care about because they partner with over 200 charities worldwide. They've got fair trade apparel, artisan-made accessories that are comfortable, casual, eco-friendly, and just so cool. I have this backpack. It's like a color-blocking pastel backpack. It's so—I get so many compliments on it. It's like this light blue, this light pink. They also have cotton tees and hoodies that are just. Buttery soft. They've got graphic tees, crop tees, colorful fun backpacks, tie dyes. I love their anklets. They have bracelets starting at six dollars, rings starting at twelve dollars, and I love stacking, mixing, and matching them. And here's the coolest thing: they've already donated three point five million dollars. To charity, including three hundred thirty-five thousand donated in disaster relief in twenty twenty alone. You also get hassle-free returns on all clothing, and keep an eye out because they got fall clothing and jewelry line launching this August. I'm just saying, Pura Vida, look good and do good. To get twenty percent off your Pura Vida order, text Mango to three eight eight one seven. That's Mango to three eight eight one seven to get twenty percent off at Pura Vida. Terms apply. Available at puravidabracelets.com/terms. Text Mango to three eight eight one seven. Then there were fake sightings all over Europe that the family had to investigate. Africa, there was a、uh, Brazil, I believe there was yeah Algeria. They were just all over the place. Wow, you、yeah. got international. International Albania. 
Then there were some strange tips, like they would call the family saying, why? I have Alyssa. She's been kidnapped. I want a quarter million dollars. But it would turn out that he was lying. The police arrested him and he said, well, I wanted to make, quote unquote, easy money. I don't know how this is easy. Okay, it's definitely not easy on your conscience or your soul or uh, easy money, he said. And he was arrested. But this killed the family because it's like re-traumatizing them. Yeah. First of all, how could this happen to our daughter? Second of all, why don't the police care? Third of all, how is the world so cruel? They begged the police to do something. Please just do anything. And they looked at Alyssa's mom and said, what more do you want? When are you going to finally understand that your daughter has run away from home? What do you want us to do about it? So she got up from that police station, took off her shoe and started throwing it at the police officers. I love her. I love her. I mean, rightfully so. And the family was quoted with saying the only reason to continue living was to fight the battle for Alyssa. Everything else was irrelevant. And because of this, because of their powerful words and like just them being in the press, people started going crazy. The public started hating this case. A 16-year-old from humble backgrounds, no record, not hanging out with the wrong crowd, goes missing, last seen in a Catholic church. And she's not found? There's no hope for anyone now. Because that's majority of Italians, you know? How is the justice system working if she can't even be found? Mm-hmm. Some people said, well, no, 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 it's not Danilo. She's actually pregnant with a priest's love child. Yeah, there were conspiracies. She was killed by a priest and they're just blaming on Danilo. Oh, you know what? That new construction place that they had with the escalators that he went to go see? I bet she's buried under the escalators. No, she was killed by the Italian mafia. You don't know her dad's a police informant. (laughs) So 13 years pass. Well, it'd be nine until something else happens, but 13 years will pass. Everyone but the family and their close loved ones move on. They do get a small plaque at the church for Alyssa that says, um, Along this route on the 12th of September, Alyssa Claps disappeared. At a distance of 13 years, the city remembers Alyssa and awaits the truth. This is going to be a huge embarrassment for the whole town because we find out that Alyssa could never have been on those steps. What? So in 2002, nine years after, something strange happens in the United Kingdom in a small town called Burnmouth, south coast of uh, the UK, right? It's a tranquil piece. It's a, it's a very nice, peaceful place. November 12th of 2002, Heather Barnett, everyone calls her Bunny because of her personality. She just was so outgoing, had this energy that made everyone want to be her friends. She wasn't necessarily the life of the party, but she knew how to make people feel loved. Does that make sense? If I could describe someone as a warm hug, it was Heather. She was a single mom. She had been married to a man, had two kids with him, Terry and Caitlin. But they started fighting and Heather really just wanted to be a good mom. She's like, okay, these kids are watching their parents fight the whole time. This is not a pleasant upbringing. We have to do something. So she breaks up with her husband. She's living alone, working as a seamstress in her house on commissions. She would sew sweaters, curtains, rugs, whatever. She loved it made no money like really no money but she loved that she could work from home spend time with her kids she just felt safe she was so frugal and so responsible and just so doting on her kids that when she was sewing for long hours she would only listen to the radio she wouldn't even turn on the tv because she wanted to save on the electricity bill and she especially loved it now they were 14 and 11 years old it's like the age where you kind of become friends with your kids you know just a really good time for her so that particular morning she wakes up early and their cat had been sick taking care of this sick cat and then realizes oh damn it it's raining okay fine kids i'm not gonna make you walk in the rain come on get in the car i'll give you guys a ride and she locks up the house before she leaves this is important she had always been careful of safety she works from home she told her kids I can't afford to not lock the doors. I can't afford for a break-in because my sewing kits, my machine, I can't afford to replace it. Drops them off, kisses them goodbye, gets back home, unlocks the door, and then 3.30 p.m., the kids run home from school. The door is unlocked. That's really unlike their mom. She's really careful about these things. Mm -hmm. Mom? Hi, Mom. We're home. Nothing. What? They hear the radio's on. The sewing machine is plugged in, but it's been knocked over on the table. So the younger one, Caitlin, she starts looking for mom. Mom, mom, checks in the kitchen, checks in the bedroom. Now there's only one room left to check, which is the bathroom. She goes in and Terry describes her as going ballistic. Just starts screaming. So Terry rushes over and there was their mom lying covered in blood, mutilated. 
So at first they're sobbing, and then Terry said something strange happened. He's 14. This kid is 14. He felt calm. More calm than he had ever had in his life. This is probably for his sister. Like, he's really brave. So he takes charge, calls the emergency, right? Calls 911. They're coming. And he says, my mom has been murdered. This is not a joke. They cut pieces off of her. She's dead. Gives the address. Then he continues to sob and they run out of the house. Thankfully, at that time, a car drives by and it's their neighbor. So the wife like jumps out and is like, what's wrong, kids? Like, what's going on? And the husband gets out and the kids know them because they literally live across the street. My mom, my mom, my mom is dead, right? So they stay with the neighbors until the police arrive. Now, who are their neighbors? The kids knew them as the nice Italian man <gasps> that they called Danny Danilo Restivo. Oh, my God. The police rushed to the crime scene, and they said it was one of the worst things that they had ever seen. Heather was lying there, hit on the head with what seemed like a hammer. The murder weapon was no longer there. Her bra had been cut off, and her breasts had been severed off and placed next to her. There was hair in both her hands. She did have defensive wounds in her hands, and I think we've talked about this before. Sometimes you will find a lot of hair in... um. In victims' hands, because if you're trying to cover your head from blunt force trauma, sometimes you'll yank out your own hair. But it's not hair from defending yourself. They're like clumps of hair in both her hands. It's almost like an extension, you know? Uh-huh. So they run it under a mis- microscope, and it's not been pulled off by the roots. But there's such a clean edge to the hair that indicates that it had been cut off by scissors. But she's holding it. Yeah, it's been placed in her hand. Oh, Two sets of hair. Now this is where it gets stranger. DNA results showed that only one clump was her own hair. The other from an unidentifiable woman. It was not her DNA. That is crazy. Someone had brought someone else's hair to the crime scene. And placed it in her hair. Yes. In her hand. This is like some bizarre ritualistic killing. They're like, this is not normal. They test the hair. Can you believe this? I didn't know you could get this much out of hair. But that person, the unidentifiable person, recently traveled to Spain, maybe the south of France, and recently went to Tampa, Florida, and had changed their diet twice. Oh, they know the location they've traveled to by hair. But they don't know the identity. No, because it's DNA. They just know it's not a match for her. But they didn't have this person in like a database, I guess. Wow. Yeah, so they have nothing to go on. They're freaking out. The murder weapons are gone. The injuries were bad. I mean, there were parts the trauma to her head was so bad that they could see brain matter that was exposed. (laughs) The airway was completely cut. Her arteries were severed. The killing wasn't medical in nature, but it's not someone with medical knowledge is what I'm saying. But it is someone who had control. It's not like this frenzied, oh, I'm so mad. Mm -hmm, It was mm -hmm. like this person somewhat planned this out. They were in care. They did every action because they wanted to. Her jeans were undone and pulled down, but there were no injuries to her genitalia. There were no signs of a break-in. So either this person had their own key, or more likely, they were let in by Heather. They determined that the shoes of the attacker were bloody Nikes. So they questioned 14-year-old Terry, who really honestly had it together. Um, Well, recently, we changed our locks. Okay, Terry, why would you change your locks? One day, I forgot my spare key. And my mom had kind of hooked it over the door inside our house, you know, like a, my little key ring. And a neighbor came by asking her to sew some curtains for them. And then the key went missing. So she was kind of freaked out. And mom decided, OK, let's just change the locks. So the mom is suspecting the neighbor stole it? Yes. She even wrote a letter to Danny's wife <gasps> saying, hello, Uh, Your husband came by asking about curtains. He might have accidentally taken the key I placed on the door. I can't find it anywhere. It it was red. There's a red plastic tag attached to it, a key ring. Let me know. Crazy. She also emailed her friend saying, my key went missing. I mean, it's so strange. I think it's the weird Italian guy across the way that took it. I don't know. Just bizarre. So the police, did. they did go to Danny's, right? They asked for DNA samples from him and his wife, which he does give. And they ask him, wait, before we leave, what shoes were you wearing yesterday? Oh, um, they're over there. My Nikes. <laughs> Can we see him? And he looks. They're soaking in bleach. And the police, they take the shoes, but there's not much more you can do. You can't arrest people for bleaching your shoes. 
They did find trace amounts of blood inside the Nike shoes, but DNA couldn't be pulled. It could technically be his blood, like if you were to hurt your toe inside your shoe. So they asked for an alibi. He had one. He had a bus ticket that showed him traveling to his computer classes. And at the computer class, the login book showed that he was around there around the time of the murder, which means he has an alibi, right? Uh Uh-huh. So finally, a year passes. No one's arrested. People just move on with life. The police decide to go through Heather's computer. That's when they find the email that she sent to her friend about Danny taking the keys. And for whatever reason, they're like, okay, let's just Google this guy. Because, you know, this guy, we, we just kept putting him off because he's so, he seems dumb, honestly. You know, he seems, he seems weak, too weak to do something like this. This is like a, this is a crazy crime. But now they were intrigued. So they Google his name. Turns out he's the main person of interest in a missing persons case in Italy. What are the odds? So they should have used Google. Yeah. <laughs> so the they go back and retrace his alibi. Yes, he had a bus ticket, but that's it. Technically, he could have gotten off the very next stop instead of going all the way to his destination. This mm-hmm. bus ticket doesn't say that he got to the destination, just that he bought it. Yeah. Which means that he would just have an eight minute walk back to his place mm-hmm. or to Heather's place. Then the login book for the computer lab had been tampered with. So he had wrote the time and he had scratched it out and wrote it differently. They put the guy under surveillance. He's acting weird. It feels like he's either trying to figure out if he's being watched or watching someone himself, making sure he doesn't get caught. He would go to these isolated parks, just watch people all day. Hot summer day, wearing gloves, a hood on top of his head. Sometimes he would go into the car, change into the same exact shirt that he had on, staring at women. Then the 12th of that month came, and he was wearing waterproof pants, walking around the park, and his demeanor was so alarming that they sent in police officers. Hey, uh, we're investigating a theft at the park. And he starts sweating bullets, literally. Well, not literally, but a lot. They ask to check his car, and in the trunk they find jackets and trash bags, in the back seat a large fillet knife, tissues, gloves, a ski mask, and scissors. Sir, why do you have this knife at the park with you? I saw it um, on the ground where the kids play. And I thought, well, the kid's going to hurt itself. So I, uh, I picked it up. He had no idea that they had been watching him the whole time. He did not pick up anything. Yeah. You idiot. So a month later, he was arrested. The news makes it back to Italy, specifically to the Claps family. And Judo goes all the way to the United Kingdom. And within three days, he's released. Because they didn't have any more solid evidence. And he didn't confess. So they let him go. And the police said, you know what's crazy about this guy? Zero to ten, the level of fear that you see on suspects. Mm-hmm. Never passed zero. He just didn't care. He showed no fear. Yeah, none. Just bizarre. So Judo, Alyssa's older sister, goes out there, finds his house, and says, Oh yeah, run away as much as you want. Get it into your shitty head that you won't ever have a place to hide you've seen how far i've come to find you i've come to remind you that you'll pay for what you did to my sister he said this to him so march 2010 the church in italy has some visitors there's some leaky ceilings okay so they got some maintenance workers to come in to check it out check out the attic and when they did they found the mummified body of Alyssa claps The attic is stuffy, it's cramped, it's dark, it's a scary place. They suspected that she walked into the attic alive, that she was then dragged into the spot that she was found. She had throat injuries caused by scissors. Her bra and underwear were ripped off. She was hemorrhaging at the upper thigh and breast, which means that there probably was a sexual element to this crime. She had defensive wounds on her hands, and she had cut hair in her hands and near her. It took her about 30 minutes to pass. And then someone had placed rubble on top of her. And this caused public outrage. Something about men wearing rings. I don't know. It just does it for me. Okay. I love it when my fiance is wearing rings. Now, what's the most important ring? A lot of people would say it's, you know, a man's wedding band. It's something that they're going to wear every single day unless they want to get bonked on the head. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay. And you're probably thinking, well, it's so boring. This is my fiance. He thinks a lot of wedding bands are just lame and boring. They look the same. There's nothing special about it. If he were to replace it in a week, I wouldn't even notice. You know, he wants something that's as unique as our relationship. 
relationship. He didn't say that. I'm saying that. <laughs> he wants something that's as unique as our relationship. And if that's you or if that's your partner, Manly Bands is the place to go. Because here's the cool thing. They've got an insane selection of materials to choose from. You like gold? They've got it. Wood, antler, steel, dinosaur bone, and even the meteorites that killed them. Are you kidding? These I mean, these are conversation starters. These are so unique. They're special. You'll truly love it for the rest of your life. And here's how you get started. You have your guy order the manly ring sizer from Manly Bands to ensure that his ring will fit perfectly during work or play. Then once he knows its size, he gets to pick out whatever he wants. He can also choose from their curated collections like the Jack Daniels Whiskey Barrel Collection. Yeah, wood from whiskey barrels into rings. That's insane. If he's feeling a little bit more creative, he can actually customize his band from scratch. So you can choose the style, the material, the inlay, the sleeve, the finish, literally everything. So once he's selected his band, Manly Bands offers free shipping worldwide and a 30-day exchange policy and a free warranty. So while there's a 50% chance of your marriage working out, there's a 100% chance that he's going to love his band. So to order his Manly Band and get 21% off plus a free silicone ring, go to manlybands.com slash rotten. That's manlybands.com slash rotten for 21% off. Manly Bands, the best damn rings, period. They set up the garden of Alyssa outside. There were hundreds of flowers, letters. If someone saw a flower knocked over, they would stop and fix it. They would literally be driving in their car, get out and fix it because it was for Alyssa. Alyssa was everyone. Alyssa was your daughter. Alyssa was your future mom. Alyssa was your sister. This is your girlfriend. Alyssa is, this is just such a normal teenager who had a life ahead of her. And how did this happen? There was graffiti drawn all over the walls that said, Don Mimi knew the priest. Because this is his church. He's mm-hmm. the only one with the keys. The whole thing was confusing. How was she there the whole time? Why was the church not even searched? I mean, people just kind of assumed that the church had been searched by the police. Who knew about it? A church is not like your house. There had to be more people who knew. Who's covering it up? Do the higher-ups know? This is like, a, do we got to investigate the Catholic church as a whole? Or is it just one bad priest? Or is it all the priests? Like, what's going on? Near Alyssa's body, they found a mattress with semen stains on it. None of them were Danilo, but it seemed like uh, someone, in fact, was doing nasty stuff in church. At this point, Don Mimi had passed. And it, it was around this time that it came out that two cleaners actually knew about the body, too. <gasps> that they alerted the priest. This was like months before the actual finding of Alyssa's body. And uh, they were terrified to say anything. The new priest denied all the accusations. Oh, my God. When they... uh, Did they tell me that it was a cranium? Which is like a skull? Did they tell me it was a cranium? I heard. I heard a Ukrainian. A Ukrainian in the (laughs) attic? They were like, yeah, yeah, guess what we found in the attic? A cranium. And he was like, oh, my God, those Ukrainians. They need to be... They need to stop being in the attic. What? Yeah. What kind of... Yeah, bizarre. And the family was like, that's that's the best you could do? Like, you couldn't even... What are you saying? Yeah. Someone had even sawed off a hole in the ceiling above Alyssa so that her decomp, you know, the gases, <gasps> they had a place to escape. And on Alyssa's clothes, there was a tiny speck of DNA. It was sent to a local professor who said, it is not Danilo's blood. But because of the public outrage, they got a second opinion. Turns out, it was Danilo's blood and that professor was arrested when was this this was in 2010 so you're saying that's 13 years after yes she passed in 1993 this was in 2010 yeah they found her body that's 17 years yeah holy cow so around this time the united kingdom authorities start working with the italian authorities and the uk they also have a speck of blood that was found on heather barnett and it was a one in 50 they they kind of assumed that it was danilo Mm -hmm. the probability of it not being danilo was one in fifty thousand. so it's something right so the trial takes place right he gets arrested again and this time he's going to trial and Alyssa's family they were happy they wanted him to get a life sentence in prison in the uk because That's where he has no power. They're worried that if they give him a small sentence, he's extradited, he's tried in Italy, his dad has connections. Maybe he can weasel his way out of prison when everyone forgets about him. That's true. 
So they they show up in the UK and there was um the way that they were supposed to be sitting was so that they were out of view from the defendant. Mm-hmm. But she fought hard. Alyssa's mom fought hard to be in the view, to be right in front of him, partic- like right behind him, essentially. Wow. She said, I have to have him know that I'm there. During the trial, they asked a bunch of questions and he had just stupid answers for everything. Why did you bleach your shoes? Well, silly me. I got the English and the Italian mixed up and I thought the bleach said soap. You take one sniff, you idiot. Like, I don't... Yeah. Okay. They find a lock of hair in a bag in his house. Uh-huh. Right? And he had a picture of another woman that went missing in his possession. And they were like, well, what's going on with that? There was also questions about a Korean woman in the United Kingdom who was killed four months before Heather on the 12th of that month. What's going on on the 12th? That's rit- just his killing day it seems like it's like some sort of ritual and so he went on the stand and he talked passionately about his many illnesses well i've got this problem that's why my voice is so high well i've got this problem that's why my eyes my eyes are always bulging well i dislocated my shoulders just non-stop okay why did you have a ski mask because my illness what so sometimes my car heater can stop you know and i can't get cold so i just uh stopped the car and i put on the ski mask for warmth The jury audibly giggled at this because (sighs) that's like the stupidest. What about the knife? What about the knife? Huh? We know that you didn't pick it up. Oh, yeah. I lied about that. But uh, I have a pet lizard. So I go around uh, collecting insects and I put them in the bags. That's why I have the bags. And I I use the knife to kill them. Killed the insects? Insects. With a knife. Precisely. To feed his pet lizard. Why do you have hair in your drawer at home? I dressed up as a Mexican for a party. I wish I was lying. I dressed up as a Mexican for a party and I needed it for a mustache. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. First of all, what kind of party? Second of all, canceled. Third of all, (sighs) like if you're lying about other things, maybe you should lie about that one. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah. So I went on the bus and chopped off some fresh hair from a woman to make a mustache. To make a mustache out of it, like yeah. And they also asked about his hair. Does he think cutting. everybody's dumb or he's? So that's where uh, there was a huge debate. People said he's so stupid that everyone was confused. How did he get away with it for so long? Yeah, for someone who's so stupid. But the people that have been following the case said he's not stupid. This has always been his strategy. He looks like the village idiot and people underestimate him, but he's actually very clever. So, you know, when someone acts so stupid Mm. that when they finally say something like murder is bad, everyone's like, you know what? You're an idiot, but I'm kind of on her with this one. And it's like, yeah, it's a bare minimum of just being a functioning human in society. But people will be like, you know what? Wow. Mm -hmm. Normally you're kind of weird, but like, good on you. The 11-year-old Caitlin who found her mom, Heather Barnett, she um, gave an impact statement during the trial. She said, I used to have flashbacks. I don't like going into bathrooms. I'm worried that someone's waiting for me or, or just what's behind that door. My mom is no longer able to help me celebrate my successes and to pull me through the disappointments. I will never get the chance to tell her how much I love her and how much I miss her. I feel great anger at the accused. Without him, she would still be here. How could he intrude into our safe and happy family home and then take everything away from us in such a horrific and callous way? And the judge told them that they will be taking into consideration that the fact that he knew that these kids would come home to find their mom, Mm -hmm. to find their mutilated mom. And then he hugged them after. This is not only disgusting, but it's depraved. It's 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 not even human. Mm hmm. They found him guilty, and the judge ruled a sentence of life without parole. But he did appeal. Now he has parole in uh, 40 years, his minimum sentence of 40 years. But you're saying that there are a lot of other people that he has killed? Speculations, yeah. Because there are other missing people. Yeah. And he was found with a picture of a missing person. Yeah. Um, The South Korean woman... In the UK, she was killed on the 12th of of the month. And someone did go to trial for her murder, but it was always so wishy-washy. And the main reason that someone was arrested and charged and convicted with her murder was because the South Korean government was putting a lot of pressure on the UK. 
to solve it. Yeah, so they just kind of rushed into it. the The only witness was a um, was someone who was not very credible. She had lied to the police before, so I mean, that's not really. I mean, that good. also could mean there are someone innocent in jail. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, because it just. I mean. That case is weird, too. It just doesn't make sense. A lot of people are under the belief that this person... Don't get me wrong. The person sitting in jail for this South Korean person's uh, murder is probably not a great person. But most people accept that, but don't necessarily think that he killed her. Really? It's just weird. Like, um, it's not a it's not a case that got a lot of attention, but it's just weird. Like, the one witness is someone who is known for lying, and then all the pressure that the Korean government had been giving onto the UK, they rush into this with very shitty circumstantial evidence Mm -hmm. even some of um attorneys who saw this case they looked at it and they were shocked they said we're shocked that a jury would convict but the jury found him guilty they said we were shocked Hmm. that a jury would convict after this little evidence they thought for sure no like lawyers who had no skin in the game we're just like oh that's weird so that's it he's he's in jail now yeah has he shown any remorse? Has he actually, you know, changed? No. no. He did say, uh, sorry for all the girl's hair that I cut. I didn't think it was illegal if I was hurting them. My bad. Like, pretty much like, oops. <laughs> yeah. He was like, if I had known that cutting hair was bizarre, I probably wouldn't have done it. Like, very casual. Definitely read the book because it's so detailed. There's so it goes deep into the South Korean case. It goes deep into all of these other potential missing uh, women's or murders. It's just bizarre, and the psychology of the haircutting it goes deep. So give it a read. It's called Blood on the Altar. So good. And um, yeah, what are your thoughts on this one? I hope you guys enjoyed this week's mini sode, and I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Bye. <laughs>